Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, save the Lord. show good to have you with us tonight we're broadcasting live september 17th 2022 so if that's the date you're listening to a live broadcast we're coming live on the 
mighty KDIX AM station here right in Dickinson, North Dakota. We are also being picked up by their website, kdix.net, and we're also being picked up by Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. You can text me tonight and let me know which way you are listening, 701-290-7862. As I mentioned, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church, I think I mentioned that, in Dickinson, North Dakota, and we are at 501 Elks Drive right on Interstate 94. You can't miss us. We had a great service today. We had, I don't know how many visitors, a lot of new visitors and people that haven't been there for a while. I was so excited. The church looked full, but we still have some room for you, so we'd love to have you come. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30, and then Sunday mornings at 10 is Sunday schools, and at 11 is our worship service. You can be part of the program by texting me, 701-290-7862. People are texting. Tim just texted in from North Carolina. Uh, Zach and Leah are listening tonight with their children in Fargo. We've got Brother Jones listening in Minneapolis. We've got Jody, Jana, Malachi, Sky, and um, and Evie, and listening to Harvey. Greg Johnson must be down in Arizona. Brother Griffith out in Montana. we got Sister Brett's up in Kildare. She requested a crazy song that we'll have to play in a little while. Good to have Sister Brett's listening. We've got all kinds of famous people in the studio tonight. And you're going to love this program. Brother Fuller is listening tonight. Good to have him just piped in. We've got the pastor from our beach church, Joe Hostetler, here. We've got the famous singer Abe Simons in the studio with his guitar. And our guest tonight is uh, Brother Barnhill, Pastor Barnhill from, are you from Ala, Texas, or Ala, Louisiana? Where are you from? Kelly. Kelly, okay. And he has uh, been, he did a church dedication. We've got a brand new church building in Beach, and we had a church dedication on Saturday, and they called him up from Louisiana to come up here, and he started telling stories yesterday, uh, even before the service started, and I thought, you know what, I want him to tell some of these stories on the radio broadcast. So, Brother Barnhill, it is so good to have you with us. Uh, you pastor used to pastor some girls that go to our church right now, and um, and so I want you just to take your liberty, uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then uh, tell us about some of your stories about things that God miracles God has done, and especially some of these people that you've prayed with to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, thank you, brother, uh, Pastor Bob. We're uh, um, I'm from like he said. Kelly, Louisiana. Uh, I pastored uh, church there for 36 years, uh, and we've seen God work in some miraculous ways. One of the, uh, I guess, one of the first stories I'd like to tell you about is uh, my my father was a Church of God preacher and evangelist for many years, and when I come to the realization of of one God in Jesus' name, baptism, and then fill in the Holy Ghost like the book of Acts talks about. Uh, and uh, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost in 1977. And because of that, well, my father had a falling out with me. And so for several years there, it was a lot big rift between uh, he and I. He would go, actually, I guess you kind of say he just uh, disowned me. <laughs> And, uh, but after, I think it was the third year there that, uh, I come in from work one day and my mother had called my wife and told her that my sister was in the hospital paralyzed and 
and uh, she was at the point of death, and if I wanted to see her alive, I needed to get to the hospital. And so the hospital was about 70 miles away, and so I went down to the hospital, and as I walked in the room where she was, there were several doctors and my mom and dad and brothers and sisters in there with her. And, and uh, the doctor was saying, uh, we got to airlift her to New Orleans Hospital. We have a team of surgeons waiting to operate on her. She has three and a half hours to live without surgery because the paralysis was already creeping up and it was right under her breast where she was paralyzed from there down to her toes. And so I, I asked the doctor, I said, well, can I pray? And he said, yes, but hurry. A helicopter's waiting. And I just laid my hand on her head and I had pre- preached a message the night before. Uh, did you hear what he said? And so I just laid my hand on her head and I said, God, this is my sister. You heard what he said, but this is my sister and I want you to heal her. And in 15 minutes, she was completely whole, completely healed. And but because of that miracle, uh, my dad repented to me for the way he had he had treated me. And my dad received the Holy Ghost and was baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Lived the one God apostolic message until his death at the age of 84. That's just one of the great miracles that I've seen God perform. My sister's a grandma today, has grandkids, has children, you know, of her own, and, and uh, she still doesn't have any problems with that. God has done a complete. They yes, they did. They tried to fly her there, but the fog set in, and uh, so they had to do a state police escort with an ambulance from Alexandria to New Orleans. When they got her there, they did the test couldn't find anything wrong with her and so they asked if they could stay another day and they did more tests it runs 27 series of tests and the doctor what he told me he said we can't find even where she's ever had a cold so we give god the glory uh for all all of this you know he was he's such an awesome god and and uh, another instance of a miracle that I've seen in our ministry that was my son and a man by the name of Dennis Murphy had a build a, a construction company where they build houses and Dennis had a boy by the name of Shane he was in his probably late twenties and he got run over by an eighteen wheeler and he was in a little Toyota Camry and uh, it it damaged his brain and broke his body all up and he was in intensive care at uh, St. Francis Hospital in Monroe, Louisiana and you can you can check this out if you'd like to, you know. But uh uh he was on life support, brain dead for 3 days and they were going to unplug him uh the next morning at 5 o'clock from the life support because there was no brain activity. And uh so uh, my, my son and I had been up and prayed for him earlier that day at evening about 6 o'clock and went back home about 10 o'clock that night the Lord instructed me to go back up there and pray for him again and so I called my son and, and we went up and we got up there at 12 o'clock that night and uh, Dennis uh, 
was in the intensive care waiting room. And I told Dennis, I said, God sent me back up here to pray for Shane again. And uh, so we went down there, and they let us in, and we went in there and prayed for him. And So this was been a little after 12 o'clock at night. At 2 o'clock, Shane set up in that intensive care unit, pulling at that tube that was down his throat, uh, looking around. And uh, so we got him a tablet and some paper, and he began to write what's going on. And uh, we, they began to pull pictures out of the billfold and ask him questions. Said, "Do you know who this is?" And he said, "Yeah, that's Heath. You know, he wrote Heath out on that board, and, and that's my dad, and that's you know, that's my brother." And and well, who is this? I, he said, "I don't know that guy." And that was me because he had never seen me before. But God raised him up off the deathbed. No brain activity for three days. And, uh, you know, he's he's alive and well yet today. He's driving and working and living a normal life because of the miracle working power of the God that I serve. And we give God all the glory. God deserves all the glory for this. And and we're, we're just so thankful for that. And, but, you know, besides the healings that we've seen God do, and we've seen God do many, many miraculous healings, seen God heal a woman that, was five months pregnant she was uh in our church and her husband was a big hunter and stuff and and some of the game that he had killed had had a hepatitis b uh, virus and she caught a active hepatitis b virus when she was five months pregnant they put her in the hospital and said that you know she's not going to make it she's not going to live and uh, so we were there and they had her in isolation because her liver count was so high and my uh, that night, my wife was staying with her at the hospital. That night, God gave me a vision, and I saw a vision of a little small white coffin and a woman crying over that coffin. And I got up out of my bed and knelt down beside my bed, and I began to pray. And I began to cry out to the Lord. And I, I prayed and, until I heard the, the voice of the Lord speak to me. I said, it's going to be all right. I went to the hospital the next morning early where she and my wife were and I walked in and I said I heard from God last night I said he said it's going to be alright you're not going to die and the baby's going to be okay and uh, you could tell and this woman hadn't been able to keep anything on her stomach for days and I said I, I see y'all don't believe what I'm telling you I said, I'm gonna prove what, I'm gonna prove something to you. And I picked up the phone and I called Johnny's Pizza. I ordered a large sweep the kitchen pizza. And they delivered it to that room and, and, and she ate three slices of that pizza and never lost any of it. And from that very moment, her liver count started going down. And from the hospital bed, they say she'd never go home from alive. She walked away from it four days later with a perfect liver count. And the doctor said, well, we want you to see a psychologist because, you know, there's no way that you can carry this baby to term. And if if by some miracle the baby is born alive, it will be a waterhead, open-spined baby. So she she had a, a very bad 
prognosis, and she asked me about it. And I said, that's not what God said. God said it was going to be all right. You know, and I'm here today to tell you she carried that baby to the full term. I was there when they brought the baby into the nursery, and me and the, the doctor, as they measured the baby and weighed the baby, and, and this is what he looked at me and said. He said, Pastor, what we have here is a perfect baby to the centimeter. Can I tell you, that baby has finished college. That baby has children of her own that are in junior high school today. My God's a great God, and my God's a healer. My God can do what we doctors can't do. And I, I'm, I'm it's I, I invited Brother Barnhill on the studio. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, and a lot of people are texting in tonight. And I'll, maybe I'll get to shout out to you in a, in a little bit. But the um, go ahead and get ready to sing their name. But the, you can kind of see just even from those first couple stories why I had him come in the studio because um, uh, I've known Brother Barnhill for a while. But just on Saturday, he was telling me that story about his dad, and he and I both got to crying in the uh, in the entryway of that church because I, I love hearing about how God works. I've got uh, Abe in the studio, Abe Simons. He's going to sing a song, so we're going to just take that little break while he does that, and then uh, we want you to come, we're going to come back for some more testimonies from Brother Barnhill. Hey, Mr. No, you don't intend to cause me pain. Well, but it hurts me every time I hear you curse that name. Well, you might mean nothing by it, but I'm asking just the same. Jesus means so much to me. Please don't talk about my father that way Cause he's the one who saved me He filled me and forgave me Yes he did When I was just an outlaw on the street He's the one who loves me Listen, mister, he's the one who takes care of me when I need help. Oh, my Jesus is a friend to me. I used to be a wanderer. I was an orphan just like you. And I knew someone must have put me here. But I had no idea who I was tired of doing All the things that homeless children do Jesus Christ adopted me When you curse His name You curse me too Cause He's the one who saved me Filled me and forgave me, yes he did When I was so unworthy and unclean He's the 
loves me. Listen, mister, he's the one who takes care of me when I need help. Oh, my Jesus is a friend to me. So, mister, although you don't intend to cause me pain, Precious pain in vain. Well, you might mean nothing by it, but I'm asking just the same. Jesus means so much to me. Please don't talk about my father that way. Jesus Christ adopted me. Please don't talk about my papa that way. Love that song. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Pastor Bob here. I uh, just want to give a shout out to some of the people that have texted in. The Lunas are listening from Wapaton. Uh, we've got uh, Miranda listening from New England, North Dakota. Luke and Becky listening tonight. We've got uh, Sierra listening and. We've got uh, Yvonne and Marin. Yvonne listening tonight. She's a lady that uh, many years ago, several years ago, had a stroke, was touched in our nursing home service here, ended up moving to Bowman, North Dakota, was baptized in Jesus' name, and listening to the radio show one night after the show, she received the Holy Ghost just all by herself. So that's pretty neat. Um, I'm just going to mention before I turn this back over to Brother Barnhill, he's going to be with us. Wednesday night in our church in Dickinson at 7.30, 501 Elks Drive, 7.30 p.m. Wednesday night. So uh, you can come and, and hear and see him and meet him in person. Uh, so you're saying tonight from those first two stories, the miracles did not stop at the end of the book of Acts. Is that true? Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Thank you, Pastor Bob. We're, we're uh, I don't know where even where to uh, there's no stopping place in the miracle working power of God. He's still the same yesterday. He's still the day and forever. Uh, I'd like to share a testimony of, uh, I think it's one of the greatest miracles that God's ever done is when He delivers someone that's a heroin addict and, uh, they don't uh, go through withdrawals or, uh, you know, there's no, no pain from it. Amen. But God Himself, I had a, a, a friend of mine in Mississippi called me one day and said, uh, I got a cousin who is addicted to heroin, and they're fixing to put him in an institution. And if I, I bring him to you, would you pray for him, Brother Barney? I said, well, you know I will. And so that, that night they came to my house, which is about a 100-mile drive from where they are, and and uh, this man came in. I began to talk to him, and, and uh, he was uh, uh, terribly upset. And uh, he run out of my house outside, and his cousin went outside to get him, and, and he, he told him, he said, man, I got to leave. He said, that, 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 that man making me upset. You know, I, he said, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something terrible if you don't get me away from him. He's making me upset. And so and he said, well, just come on back in and talk to him. He came back in, and in just a few minutes, you know, he, uh, he, he actually he threw some water in my face. And said, what you going to do now, big boy? And I just started singing that old song. You know, there's power in the blood. And when I did, he come out of the chair and 
fell down on the floor and began to cry out to God. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and delivered him from heroin. And he, he today has the Holy Ghost. He's one of the best outreach people trying to pull other folks out of, out of the drugs. I mean, it was in six months time, his wife has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and she's working there in our church. God has blessed him with a tremendous business. His daughter has received the Holy Ghost. Her best friend has received the Holy Ghost. And just this week, her mother was in, in church, uh, seeking the Holy Ghost in Pittsburgh, Mississippi at the Apostolic Church. So one of the greatest miracles, you know, I, I believe is God delivering these men and women from drugs. I mean, it, it's not, it, this man's testimony to me was he'd been through Team Challenge. He'd been through many, many drug rehab situations and, uh, he was still addicted. But today, he, his testimony is, I had dope, but now I have hope. And he's actually got an apartment that he has built where he can take people in and put them in there and, and help them recover themselves. Amen. By the power of God from the drugs and the addictions that they have. And we're so thankful for that today. He's an awesome, awesome, uh, man working for God. And we give God the glory for that. Also, uh, several years ago, uh, I was driving down the road and there was a man and woman that had received the Holy Ghost in our church, Brother Jimmy and Sister Ruby Beckley. And, uh, they had a daughter that was married to a man who rode motorcycles with Satan's tramps. He was not a member of the tramps, but he rode with them. But his brother was a member of Satan's tramps motorcycle gang. And I was driving down the road and, uh, I saw him with his motorcycle parked over and he was sitting down under a sycamore tree smoking a joint. And, uh, the Lord spoke to me and said, you go back and tell him that if he wasn't so sorry, I could use him. Now this man was six, about six foot five and weighed 300 plus pounds. His hands was twice as big as mine. He had hands almost as big as a baseball, the biggest hands you've ever seen on a man in your life. He had long red hair all the way down to his belt and his red beard that would come down almost to his belt. So I turned my truck around and drove back up there to where he was and got out of my truck. I walked up there and looked at him. He was leaning against that sycamore tree, smoking that joint with a pit bulldog by his side. And uh, I said, sir, I said, the Lord spoke to me and told me to tell you if you wasn't so sorry, he could use you in his work. And he looked at me with fire in his eye for just a moment. And then he just dropped his head. He said, what am I supposed to do? His tears began to stream down his face. I said, you need to be in church in the morning. He showed up. Him and his wife came to church that morning. And he'd already shaved off his beard, cut his hair down to shoulder length. He come to the altar that morning and, and prayed, but he didn't, he didn't pray through. He told me, he said, I got some things I got to, I got to take care of before I, before, before I can really serve God. And so I felt like God had promised me that he was going to be there that night and he was going to get the Holy Ghost. I was so excited and church came that night and went and 
they didn't show up. So after church, I was outside sitting in front of the church. Everybody done gone home, and I was by myself, and our church was out in the country. And I was just sitting there talking to the Lord. I said, God, I don't understand. And in the distance, I could hear a car coming. And that car got closer and closer to the church parking lot, and and that car pulled into the parking lot, and it got out, and it, it was it was Harold and his wife Sylvia, and he ran up and he grabbed me and he said, "I got to show you, I got to show you, I, I got to show you why I wasn't here tonight. I I, I got to get rid of this, and, and I, I I just come here. I got to show you." And we went around, and he opened the trunk of that of that car, and that trunk was slammed full of marijuana he said i got to get rid of this before i can get right with god before god can i said look you get right with god and we'll get rid of this and that night right there in that parking lot god filled him and his wife with the baptism of the holy ghost and he was a member of our church until died one of the best friends i've ever had such a miracle working power of god that god would reach down and deliver someone he was so wrapped up and so far away from God. And I, I thank God he spoke to me that day. And I, I'm glad I had enough courage to obey him. You know? but, uh, did, you, did you sell the marijuana for a building project? or No, sir. We <laughs> we destroyed it. Good. I, I, you got you to finish the story. You know? Yes, sir. I, I, we, just, we destroyed that. Uh, uh, Satan's tramps didn't like us destroying it, but we did. And so uh, it, we took care of that. And thank God through through this situation, his his brother received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, who was a member of Satan's Tramps. And a few years later, we were able to baptize another one of the Tramps in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And uh, we give God all all the glory for that. Uh, we we're, we're so thankful. One of the one of the things that really sticks out in my mind that I can testify about was we had. Sister Poole, we went to our church, whose mother was 92 years old, uh, Sister Maddie Roark. She was a member of the uh, uh, Methodist Church uh, for many years. And one Sunday she had to come to our church because uh, her daughter that she lived with was sick, so she had to come stay with the daughter that went to our church. And so she came to our church. And I preached that Sunday morning, and I went back to greet her after church was over and said, man, I, we're so glad you were here with us today and we'd love for you to come back and be with us again. And with anger in her voice, she looked at me and she said, young man, I have you to know I have a church and I will not be back. I said, yes, ma'am. Well, we, 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 we enjoyed having you. That was on a Sunday morning. I got a phone call about 2 o'clock on a Friday evening and it was Miss Maddie Roark. And uh, she said, what time does church start tonight? I said, it's 7 o'clock. She said, I can't wait that long. i got to have the Holy Ghost now. So her daughter brought her up to the church, and she received the Holy Ghost, and we baptized her in Jesus' name before church started that night at 92 years old. And she found out that Jesus Christ loved her, and His Spirit wanted to live within her. And she was with us till she was 96 years old. And we were so thankful for the miracle working power of God that saves no matter how old you are. You know, we're, we're so thankful for that. Uh, we, we look today, Brother 
we have a brother in our church that's been with us now going on three years that was a Baptist preacher that I taught a Bible study to 23 years ago. It took him 20 years that God had reached down in his life and just turned his life up, I guess you could say upside down. You know, because he saw the, the truth of the Acts 2.38 message that you had to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the Holy Ghost to live, to be able to overcome the sin that you're going to be facing the rest of your life without the power of the Holy Ghost. God, you, you cannot overcome sin. You cannot live above sin. You cannot even prepare yourself for it. You're going to fall in it. And he come and knocked on my door just uh, almost three years ago and walked in and told me, he said, I need deliverance. And right there in my living room, we prayed and God delivered him, filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And he's one of the best members of our church today and a great witness, great witness to other folks that didn't know. He said, I got to go back and re-baptize some folks that I baptized wrong. I got to apologize to some folks that I pastored for years that I told them it wasn't the truth. That's a real miracle right there, my friend. That's a that's an exciting story. And I know you told me kind of the full version of that story, I think, yesterday yes, a little sir. bit. Because that, even that man that had been the heroin addict was part of that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, this is the Tell It Like It Is show. You are listening to Pastor Barnhill from Louisiana. I just told him, he's of course, it's kind of like the book of Acts. He's telling highlights of, I'm sure there were days his wife woke up grouchy with a headache too, but but uh, I don't know for sure. But <laughs> but but I do I do know that uh, the miracles and the uh, just the love this man has for people and um, you know, hopefully at, in the next segment he'll tell us some, that story about some of the different even on on road bike trips he's ridden motorcycle across the nation they've prayed with people that have received the Holy Ghost. Text me tonight seven zero one two nine zero seven eight six two. Uh, we've got um, Lori listening in South Hart, uh, some Stoldorfs listening, Ben Burling up in Park River, Tammy and Brian Colgrove in Minot. We've got Alicia listening out somewhere in the Badlands. Ben Yoder's listening. He's somebody that knows some people here. We're going to play a song. This is this song was requested by Sister Bretts, so if you don't like it, you can blame her. Way back in the country, in the woods of Illinois Back where Abraham Lincoln used to run as a boy Every Sunday night you can follow the crowd To that Pentecost church on the outskirts of town Owls are wide for running and the seats are comfy I'll show you how we have church out here in the country Been changed. 
and the booze and the party's getting old. Take a little advice from someone who knows there's life changing power in the Holy Ghost. You better take your truck, cause a roll's a little bumpy, but that's the way we have church out here in the country. That was Greg McCool. That song was requested by Sweet Sister Bretts and Kildeer. We've got um, just a lot of people listening tonight saying they love the program and uh, glad that you're tuning in. This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've got Pastor Barnhill with us, and he's just telling stories tonight, and I'm believing that somebody is being touched by this. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, he'll be with our with us in our church in Dickinson on Wednesday night preaching, and I would imagine if somebody comes there wanting the baptism of the Holy Ghost, he'll certainly pray with you about that. Brother Barnhill, why don't you go ahead and just continue on? Thank you, Pastor. We are, uh, I was just thinking about it just a few years ago now, we were uh, uh, having a service at a church in Georgetown, Louisiana, and my son was there with me, and uh, right in the middle of the service, my son interrupted me, he said, Dad, I just received a uh, a text from one of the boys who were young men who worked for me. His wife had just delivered a baby and the baby's hemorrhaging and, and uh, they're not looking for the baby to live and he, they're needing prayer right now. So we stopped service and we prayed and uh, we, at the end of the service, my son said, dad, I believe if we'd go up there, I feel like God told me if we'd go up there and pray for that baby, that God would heal it. And so uh, he and I and uh, Brother Lynn Oglesby uh, from church went up there, and uh, we walked in at about 12 o'clock that night uh, and walked in, and the baby was still wasn't able to take a bottle. It was still uh, hemorrhaging some, and I told the uh, nurse that was there with him in the pediatric intensive care at St. Francis Hospital in Monroe, Louisiana, and uh, I said, we come to pray for the baby, and uh, you could tell, she said, I know, I know, I can feel it. And we went in and prayed for the baby. And uh, instantly it quit hemorrhaging. And I never lost any more blood. Uh, just in just in a short time, it was it was taking a bottle. But they had already made uh, arrangements to fly the baby uh, to Pennsylvania, to the largest pediatric hospital in the United States, what they told us. And uh, so... They they flew the baby up there. When they got the baby there, they couldn't find anything wrong with the baby. And uh, they kept the baby up there three days running tests. Uh, still couldn't find nothing wrong with the baby. That baby's eight years old today, doing great. 
and we give God the glory. You know, so you know God. God's just a tremendous, tremendous healer. You know, and he he don't want us to go through the life bound and depressed, and you know, and 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 we can we can tell you many stories of the people that God has delivered from drugs and alcohol, and you know, man, just a just a bad lifestyle. Uh, but uh, I want to tell you about God healing my wife. Uh, my wife uh, had a tumor, and the doctors wanted to operate on her. And uh, I told him, I said, well, just give us, give us two weeks, and uh, let us fast and pray and see what God will do. And at the end of that two weeks, we went back, and the tumor was gone. And we give God the praise and the glory for that. And a young man in our church, uh, we had a big outing for our young boys in the church. We were actually going all going coon hunting, and uh, had twenty seven. Uh, young men out in the church, in the woods that night, uh, coon hunting, and we was having a good time, and all of a sudden, uh, the folks, our horns started blowing, and people hollering, and they was hollering us out of the woods. Well, another young man in our church had, was, uh, doing some tractor work, and, and for some reason, he was hooking up a chain, uh, on the back of that tractor, and it got caught in a PTO shaft, wrapped his hand up in that chain, and broke his hand all up and he was in the hospital and so we we just began to pray right there in the woods all those boys and men our youth leader and uh feel like god just interceded so they wrapped his hand up and next morning they was going to do surgery on his hand they come in there to x-ray his hand and they couldn't find any broken bones and uh so that young doctor he, he called his daddy, which was an, an older doctor. He said, Daddy, come here and look. And we were standing there, and they had the x-rays from the night before up on the screen. He said, Dad, look at this. This was last night. This is today. He said, this was last night. This is today. Uh, there's no broken bones in that hand. I, I don't understand. It's not showing. And, and his dad looked at him with, Son, you just got to admit God's a healer. You know, and I said, well, what an awesome testimony. You know, you know, when you got x-rays side by side, you know, this, this is what, what God does. You know, it confuses man. And a lot of people don't believe that, but I'm telling you, it happened. It happened. And it's still happening. God's still a healer today. God's still a miraculous, miraculous, but you know what? The greatest miracle God's ever done is when He forgives somebody's sin and filled them with His Spirit, made a made a choice to come and live in the heart and the life of a human being, and direct them and give them power to overcome all the powers of the enemy that would pull them down to the lake of fire, Amen. That would destroy their marriage. I, I've seen the miracle working power God take and put a marriage back together that was broken all to pieces. You know, in the years of living for God, I can tell you he's never failed us. My son, it was in an automobile accident. He broke his back in three places, broke his pelvic. He was bleeding internally, broke three bones, five ribs. In the in the emergency room there, the doctor looked at me and said, he ain't going to make it. He can't live in this condition. I said, oh, yeah, he's going to live. He's going to live. He said, you don't understand. There's no medically way possible for him to live. 
as I was picking the glass out of his head in the ER, they didn't think they would even be able to carry him up to intensive care. But I looked around, and there was 187 people that was in the hallways and in the parking lots crying out to God. And God reached down and touched my son. And the boy that wasn't supposed to live, 13 days later we carried him home from the hospital. And the next Friday night he was sitting on the drums playing drums in our church. Giving glory to God. The uh, insurance company wanted to say it sent him down to another specialist down in Alexandria. So we went down, they carried him down in there, and they had a, a, a orthopedic specialist and a neurosurgeon. And they were looking at the paperwork, and we were sitting there, and they looked up and said, you do know you're not supposed to be here. Oh, yeah, we know that. But you do know we serve a God that's alive and well on planet Earth today. And he loves his children and his people. And we give God the glory and the thanks well, um, I was just one of the stories you told me yesterday, or maybe told the church, um, was about a man that I think you told me about it. You were fishing, and God spoke to you about witnessing to a man, and then, but he didn't. He didn't. He waited too long. But you preached the funeral. Tell us that story. Yes, we sir. have some time here. So. Okay, uh, me and two men in our church were fishing on Iat Lake in in uh, in Louisiana, down around Dry Prong, Louisiana. And we were coming back up to the boat dock and met a man there at the boat dock. And uh, his name was Mr. Jones. And so he said, you're catching a fish? I said, we got a few. I said, you'd like to have some of them? And got to talking to him. And I asked him, I said, Mr. Jones, where do you go to, where do you go to church? And he said, well, I've been going to this, this Baptist church up here on the hill ever since I come back from World War II. And uh, I said, well, in the 43 years, you tell me you've been going there 43 years. In 43 years that you've went there, did they ever tell you what it's going to take for you to go to heaven? And he looked at me and he said, No, sir, I can't honestly tell you that they have. I said, Well, I'd like to tell you. And I told him about the, the Apostles' Doctrine in the book of Acts, what you got to do. And I watched that big old grown man standing there with tears streaming down his cheeks and I prayed with him and I said Mr. Jones I said here's the whole lake right here I baptize you in Jesus name the only saving name given in the word of God today and prepare you to go to heaven he said well I know your daddy I know your daddy I'm just going to get your daddy to bring me up and I'm going to go to church with you I want to hear you preach I said you just got through hearing me preach the only saving gospel that there is he said, yeah, but I want to come to church. I said, Mr. Jones, and I, I felt so impressed. I felt so urgent that he needed to pray. And I had to leave and go to work, had, and it was 1 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, he fell with a massive heart attack. And he lived long enough to tell his wife to get me to tell her and his family what I told him. And a man that I met one time in my life, his family asked me to preach his funeral in the church that he was a member of for 43 years. And I'm, I'm thankful that God reached down and revealed five people in that service that day with the Holy Ghost. Wow, that's, 
that's a church that doesn't promote that message or believe that message at no, all? No, sir, they don't promote that message or believe that message. When you talk about the, uh, you, you know, you realize this is an AM radio station. We're just, there's people driving home from Walmart listening. Tell us, in a nutshell, what you mean by that apostolic doctrine that you told that man. Well, that apostolic doctrine is very simple. In that book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, you know, when the Holy Ghost was being poured out, you know, Jesus told his disciples to go and tarry it till you be endued with power from God. He said, I give you a promise. You know, he said, I, I am with you now, John, but I shall be in you. And so that when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, people began to think these folks was crazy. They was drunk, you know, because they were... They weren't acting like normal folks. But the Apostle Peter stood up with the eleven and said, Yo, this is that that was broken by the prophet Joel in the last day. I'll pour out of my spirit on all flesh. And and when the people saw this, they were they were confused. They said, Well, what must we do? And Peter said, Repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And this promise is unto you and your children, as many as are far off, even as many as the Lord our call, shall call, all that are far. So we have the promise today. And that, that's, that's the whole plan of salvation, is repentance, turning from your sin, asking God to forgive you of your sin, you know, and being buried with Him in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and being filled with His Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Mm-hmm. It's very, very plain in the Word of the Lord. There's no other example in the in the New Testament church where anyone was ever baptized in any other name than the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's what Matthew twenty eight nineteen means. That's what baptizing we, them in the name of the Father and yeah. of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Exactly. Yeah. The Father's not a name. Son's not a name. Holy Ghost yeah. is not a name. But Jesus is right. a name. Are you? You know, a question for you. Um, just listening to you, you've had a lot of success winning people to this message. Is it just your friendliness, love for people, boldness? What do you think it is? I mean, like, I mean, not to, to try well, to build I, you I, up. But. I think it is loving the message and loving people. Okay. Wanting to see people saved. Wanting to see people experience what I've experienced. I, yeah. You know, I love people to have what I have. Yeah. You know, because it, you're got a kind of contagious, um, you know, friendliness. And, uh, well, like you were telling us just before we came in the studio uh, about about you know being on a motorcycle trip tell us like tell us a couple of those stories where you were just driving motorcycle and oh yeah we were we were we were riding the blue ridge parkway on motorcycles and we stopped at a little place to get some some fuel and met another couple there that was on a motorcycle and they'd been down to florida on vacation and uh, got to talking to them and and i said look hey we're we're fixing to go over here at cracker barrel and eat some supper i said but well y'all come over here to eat with us so they came and joined us for supper, and we got to talking. And, and uh, they they were uh, uh, his dad was an immigrant from Columbia, South America, and uh, they, he owned a, a Mercedes dealership in Staten Island, New York. So we got to talking, and, and uh, I said, "Well, uh, you're you're Catholic?" He said, "Yeah, I'm Catholic." I said, well, "Can you tell me what you got to do to be saved?" And he said, uh, "Well, no, really, I don't. I can't tell you." I, I said, well, you know, you, you do the rosary, you know, and they can go to confession. And I said, is that all it takes? He said, well, I really don't know. I said, would you like for me to tell you what it takes? And he said, yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to discuss you. And so we we sat there in Cracker Barrel until time to close. And, and I told him, I said, well, look, uh, 
across the road over here. He said, I've never heard it. I've never heard this message. I said, across the road, the motel. I said, we're going to spend a night over there tonight. I said, if you all want to get a room, we'll, we'll finish this conversation. And so we did. We went over there and finished the conversation. And, and, and God moved on him, and we prayed, and God blessed him, filled with him with his spirit. And uh, so I, I'm just so thankful. God puts people in our life. Right. You know, when you start talking to someone about the love of God and the grace of God and what the grace of God does, you know, it touches their heart. Mm-hmm. When you see tears streaming down those cheeks, you know God's speaking. Right. And God is working to change. God came to save that which was lost. Right. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. I'm so thankful to be a part of that seeking. I'm so thankful yeah. to be a part of that it's saved. You know, and, and I want everybody to have it. You know, this I, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm constantly looking for somebody who wants it. Yeah. So I, you I, might be on vacation, but you're not really on vacation from preaching the gospel. Then. No, sir. Yeah. I'm yeah. never on vacation from yeah. the gospel. Yeah. No, sir. We, yeah. we, uh, we were in uh, uh, Durango, Colorado just a few years ago. And uh, me and my family and some more friends, and we were riding bikes and met two more couples that were on bikes. And and they're in the parking lot that night. You know, we got to talking to them about God and, and seeing God reach down and touch and feel with the Holy Ghost right there in, uh-huh. in a parking lot in a motel in Durango, Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they lived over in Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, so we just had to try to send them to a church in Oklahoma. We didn't know nobody yeah. over there in that city you know but you know you know you, you need a, you need a church but you know you need the gospel yeah and so there, there's hungry people we mm-hmm. were in we were in ohio and saw a woman filled with the holy ghost in a laundromat huh. you know uh, it's it's amazing there's hungry folks folks that don't know and we that know the truth should be out spreading this gospel we yeah. should be reaching we should be searching we should be looking for someone who yeah. needs this gospel mm-hmm. Because God was generous enough to give right. it to us, I tell them everywhere I go, you know, we we have the privilege of repentance. Right. We have the privilege of repentance. That's what Jesus did when He died on Calvary. Yeah. He gave me the privilege of repentance. Right. Right. And I'm so thankful for yeah. that today. You know, um, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've had Pastor Barnhill. From Louisiana with us. Uh, he's been up here to do a church dedication that we had done in, in Beach. We've got a brand new uh, church building in Beach that uh, is, is brand new. It's called the House of Prayer. Uh, their pastor sitting in the studio. We're not letting him talk, so he's just sitting there. And uh, But Pastor Joe Hostetler sitting here. We have They have services Sunday morning. Is that at 10 o'clock? 10 o'clock Sunday morning and at 7.30 Wednesday nights. And... Um, We'd love to have you come to that church. Uh, they've got a great core of people. What's that? Tuesday nights. I'm sorry. Yes, Tuesday. Thank you. Tuesday nights at seven thirty. We have a another uh, daughter church down in Bowman. They, in fact, I know two of the ladies are listening tonight uh, that have texted me. That they have service on Wednesday nights at seven thirty and Sunday mornings. I believe they're they're at ten thirty down there in Bowman. And so we'd love to have you visit those churches in Dickinson. We have. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30. Brother Barnhill will be the speaker. And we have normally our Sunday services, which are Sunday school 10 o'clock. And Sunday school isn't just for kids. We have adult Bible classes. 
And one of the adult Bible classes I teach, which is a 21-lesson basic Bible class, and I'd love to have you come and and even if you don't believe in church, just come to that. You know, I won't make you stay for church, but if you're interested in the Bible at all, we we really want you to come to that. And then also other adult Bible classes, and then we have children's classes, and then at eleven o'clock is our worship service Sunday morning, or excuse me, Friday mornings at six a.m. at the church. We have a breakfast every every morning six a.m. every Friday morning, and a Bible study. And the man leading that Bible study is just starting in the book of Colossians. So here again, you don't have to be a member of our church to come to that. If you just like uh, being around a bunch of men and drinking coffee and we have it at 6 in the morning, so you can come and still get to work. Uh, we'd love to have you come and visit our church then. Brother Barnhill, been such a pleasure to have you. Before we uh, let you go, I'd like you to pray for our listening audience tonight and just ask God to touch them. Praise God. Thank you, Elder. We're, we're, Lord Jesus, we come to you today because, Lord, we know you're able to handle any situation and everyone that's out there that's listening to us today. God, and I pray that that somehow you would touch them, let your spirit draw them today. Let them know, God, today that you know this is not uh, for someone uh, besides them, but it's for everybody, right. everyone who will. You don't have to be somebody special, you know. God, everyone is special in your eyes. And I'm asking you, God, today to reach out and touch in this, in this town, and Lord, in towns all over, and I pray especially tonight for our country, God. I pray for our country that you would, you would help us, and you, and you would help us, God, to overcome the evils that's trying to destroy our country and destroy, amen, dear children off the face of this earth, amen, into a devil's hell. I pray, God, for your mercies. Lord, and I pray, God, today you'd speak. We know except your spirit draw, no flesh can be saved. And we're asking you to draw today, yes. God, and anoint today and help and deliver all power in heaven and earth. We know today God is given under the name of Jesus Christ. And we're so considered such a privilege today to be able to talk and speak, amen, about the things that you've done and give glory to your name. God, we praise you today and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're going to finish the broadcast out with um, Abe Simons singing. Thank you for listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Tune in next Sunday night, 806 Mountain Time. God bless. Together, sisters are crying. Brother is gone, and there's no coming back from dying. Just imagine the scene that day in Bethany. Someone said the healer's coming. Jesus arrives. Martha said, If you'd been here, he'd still be alive. Oh, Lazarus was gone, four days behind the stone, but a brother can't stay down. Jesus calls you out When he cries out Rocks they start rolling When he's near The hopeless start hoping I am the resurrection Yeah, that's what he said And when he speaks Dead things don't stay dead We've all been bound by great clothes, done our good fine.
should have been shut down by the trouble, but I'm testifying that the devil is a liar. God's promise don't expire as bad as it may get. It's not over yet. When he cries out, rocks they start rolling. When he's near, the hopeless start hoping. I am the resurrection. Yeah, that's what he said. When he speaks, dead things don't stay dead, don't stay dead. Your marriage, your family, it's not over yet. Your future, your story, it's not over yet. Don't stop your praying, it's not over yet. Keep hoping and waiting, it's not over yet. When he cries out, rocks they start rolling. When he's near, the hopeless start hoping. I am the resurrection, yeah, that's what he said. When he cries out, rocks they start rolling. When he's near the hopeless star hoping, I am the resurrection. Yeah, that's what he said. And when he speaks, dead things don't stay dead. They don't stay dead. They don't stay dead. Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.